Okay, so today's daf is Ein Gimel in Eruvin. We are 13 lines from the top of Ein Gimel Amud Aleph. Tanua Banan, middle of that line there. Tanua Banan, the rabbis taught me Sheshlo Chamish Nashim. He already has problems. Somebody who has five wives. Mekablot Basmi Balehin. They receive, you know, sustenance. They have five different houses in the, let's say, in the same, <coughs> in the same um, courtyard. So, uh, so the question, of course, is going to be again like what we saw with the father and son. Do we treat this, uh, you know, this multiple dwellings, but they're really kind of under the same auspices because the because the father and the husband in this case is 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 supporting the five wives. So do we consider them all one family or separate? So or similarly, you have like slaves' quarters they would have. You know, you'd have uh, multiple houses for where the servants were housed and they received their, uh, obviously, their sustenance from the main office, so to speak. says when it comes to the women, they are considered... Uh, subordinate, so to speak, in the uh, to, to the um, to the husband. So therefore, they're not independent. Now, what's the issue? The issue is, would they need an erove chatzir? Let's say they 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 are the only residents of the chatzir. So the question would be, or even it, well, it's more complicated if there are other people in the chatzir and then they have to participate with them. It, it, we're going to see it's a little bit different. But let's say they're the only people in the chatzir. Do they need erove chatzirot? So it says, with the women, no. With the slaves, yes. They're not really, they're con- they might be getting their sustenance from the master, but they're not really considered part of his household in the same way. Rabbi Yudah ben Bava, Matir Bavadim Nashim. says exactly the opposite. He said, when it comes to the slaves, they are considered subordinate to the uh, husband. But the wives are really technically independent, even though they receive uh, sustenance from home. They have the ability to, let's say, acquire things and operate independently. So therefore, they are separate. So you see, it's a machloket, basically, between the two. How do we treat this situation? Amar Rav says, Where did Rabbi Yudab and Bava get the idea that the slaves are, are considered subsumed under the auspices of the master? Because the Pasuk describes Daniel as Daniel, um, was Bitra Malka was in the gate of the king, meaning everywhere Daniel goes is considered to be like an extension of the king's domain because he was a servant of the king. And then so too, these five houses of the slaves are not considered to be separate estates. They're considered to be uh, part of the uh, central estate. And therefore, they wouldn't require Eruvei Chatzor. If they dominated the entire Chatzor, you wouldn't have to have an Eruvei Chatzor. If it's just slaves, one house of the master and, and five houses of the slaves, according to Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava. Uh, the opposite is true according to Rabbi Yehuda ben that we saw above. Now it says, uh, they asked the following question. We already said that if a son is with the father, he eats with the father, and maybe even sleeps in the father's house or whatever, but definitely eats in the father's house or he receives, depending upon uh, the circumstances, he either eats at his father's house literally or he receives his uh, food from the father's house. Similarly, a woman with her husband. So those two cases. So a son with his father, we already said, is considered to be one family. The wife with their husband and the slave with the master, we saw as a machloket between Rabbi Yudab and Rabbi Yudab and Bava. Fine, but Talmid Etzorabomai. What about a student with the teacher? Because a lot of times they would have a situation where uh, Rashi says, Dar imo So the, uh, he lives in the same chatzir. They have a chatzir of uh, students. They have a yeshiva there. The rabbi lives there. And they have like houses, quarters for the different students. And they all get from the, from the teachers or, you know, the yeshiva or whatever. They get their food. So uh, but there, are they all considered one entity or they're considered independent entities? That's the question. So it says, because we saw that with the sons, they could be considered, they're not considered separate entities if they're receiving from the father's house. Uh, what, about the, what about the student? 
Tashima, come and listen to Rav Bey Rav Rabbi Chia, because when Rav was in the Yeshiva of Rabbi Chia, Amar ain't Anu Tzichin Narev. He would say we don't need to make an Eruv. We're all one entity. We all are depending on this table of Rabbi Chia. That doesn't mean literally they're eating at his table every day, but it means that they're receiving their food from there. Rabbi Chia Berabi, and when Rabbi Chia was in the house of Rabbi Yudah Nasi, he said Amar ain't Anu Tzichin Narev. He said we don't have to make an Eruv. Similarly, because we are we're depending upon the table of Rabbi. So when you have a situation apparently where sustenance is centralized, everybody's receiving their sustenance from the same uh, source. So that uni- unifies everyone, even if it's a student. So meaning the chidush here is that even though the student and the rabbi are not really part of the same household in any familial way, the wife and the husband obviously are, the son and the father obviously are, the, the, the wife, the, uh, even the servants and the master are considered part of one entity. But the student and the ra- rabbi also. question. Now this is actually a throwback a little bit to something we learned on the previous staff, but obviously Abaye was not in was not aware of, as she says, or wasn't convinced of what we learned on the previous stuff. So it said from, he asked from Rabbah the following, He said, when you have one chatzer that has five people, five, whatever, when we say people, we mean five houses, okay? And they collected an eruve chatzerot to allow the individual houses to bring things in and out of their houses into the chatzer on Shabbat. But then they had an adjoining chatzer that was not theirs and they decided they wanted to unify with them because they also had a door between them and the other chatzer. They want to all be one. Let's say there's five people on the other chatzer too, whatever. So do you have to have that we, we discussed this yesterday, but is it that now that you have this one chatzer, chatzer aleph, makes an eruve chatzerot, they can just send one emissary over to chatzer bet and unify with chatzer bet? Or does each member of chatzer aleph have to actually participate in the eruv with chatzer bet as if it's a totally new uh, incorporation process? That's the question, right? Amale said, eruv He said, you just need one. So meaning that once you have one chatzer that has five people and they have unified in Eruv, they don't have to make, for each individual doesn't then have to send something or participate actively in the incorporation with the adjoining chatzer. That's not necessary. But Abaye objects, he said, but the brothers who are similar, in other words, all the brothers who are relying on their father's table are similar to a chatzer that is unified because they're meaning to a chatzer post Eruv chatzerot. Right? Is everyone's unified? And brothers, even without an Eruv Chatzot, if they are the only people living in the Chatzot with their father, so they are considered to be one entity. So, and yet we say that we, we saw before that you need an Eruv for each and every one. That's what it said in the previous Dav, that if they are unifying with, an, with another Chatzot, they do need to each of them send uh, something independently. So what do you mean that they're all subsumed? It, we, it should be the same thing. In other words, if the brothers who, are, who don't really need an Eruv with their father because they're all eating from his table, either literally or figuratively, they don't need a separate Eruv for each individual if they want to unify with somebody else. So the same should be true. If a Chatzir unified already with itself, it shouldn't have to have for every individual from that group now unify with the next one. So it says, kegon that's talking about something else. It's talking about where the brothers live in a chatzir that there are other people besides their family. See, if they don't have anybody besides their family in the chatzir, the chatzir is the father and sons. That's it. So then they don't need anything because they're all really considered one family. What's the need for extra? You don't need any extra eruve chatzerot. However, the, but if there are other people living there now, it's a different story. So the migod once you have spoilers, in other words, once you have other people living in the chatzir that are not part of the family, that are not sons and not the father, 
So you just have random other people in there. So since those random other people create a prohibition, because obviously even one additional person, one person more than the father and his sons will already create a requirement of Eruv Echatzerot because they're not part of the family. So once you have that, now it's broken up. And now each one of the sons has to contribute because now they have to make an Eruv Echatzerot because now, you know, it was originally just the, Golds, the, the Goldstein's uh, Chatzer and they were the only people there. And now all of a sudden another guy comes in, you know, now Goldberg moved in. Why did Goldberg have to move in? We never had to make an Eruv Echatzerot before, but now he moved in. So what are we going to do? Okay, so now we all have to participate. That's what it's talking about when it says L'Kol Echad V'Echad. It means within that Chatzer. Within that Chatzer, if you bring in another person, now each and every person has to participate. It wasn't talking about unifying with another chatzer. Once chatzer aleph is unified, they just have to send one emissary to chatzer bet to make a to to to, to create an eruv across an inter chatzer uh, connection. But within the chatzer, when it said you need an eruv from each and every one, it's talking about within that chatzer. That as long as the children and the father are the exclusive residents in that chatzer, they don't need any eruv chatzer because it's all one family really, just different houses on the same estate basically. But once you uh, introduce a new a new person, so now you require for each everyone because it creates a new situation altogether. That makes sense because the Katana we saw it said a matai. When is this true? Because it said when do you when do they each and every one of them have to contribute when they're bringing the Eruv to somewhere else? It said, but if the Eruv is with them, in other words, it's either with one of the brothers or with the father, right? In other, so this is the thing. If the if where the eruv is located also makes a difference because a person who houses the eruv and hosts it doesn't have to give anything, so the father and the sons are are can can be considered one entity in two in two situations either when they are the exclusive residents of that chatzer, so they don't need to do anything, or if there is another resident, but or residents, but they receive the eruv and hold it. So their obligation of eruv can be satisfied by it being placed in one of their houses, the fathers or one of the brothers, and that's okay. Then, then you don't need anything else. Meaning, if there's nobody else in the chatzer, or if they are the ones holding the eruv, so then they're exempt. So that shows you, Shema Mina, you see from that, that when is it the case that you are, uh, uh, that, that there's a distinct, that they have to uh, participate in the Eruv if there are other people in the Chatzer and they are not housing the, the, the Eruv. Uh, but if there are other people in the Chatzer, uh, if, there nobody else in the, if there's nobody else in the Chatzer or they are hosting the Eruv, they don't have to do anything, the father and the sons that have different houses in the same Chatzer. If there are other people around and the, and the Eruv Chatzer is going out to, to, to someone else's house, so then each one, once it breaks up that exclusivity, so now they each have to participate, and that would be within the Chatzer. Across Chatzerot, once this Chatzer is acceptable because it's done whatever it needs to do, whether that's nothing in the case of a father and sons that they don't need to do anything or there are other people and they had to unify with them. So now they can send just one emissary to broker a deal with the next chatzer. So now it says, Let's say you have uh, people in yeshivot, like these are like dorming uh, students. They would come from other towns and they would dorm and they, they would sleep in the yeshiva, but they would go to like an inn or some kind of a place where they would provide food. Okay? So this is really talking more about Eruvei Techumin. It's not talking about Eruvei Chatzerot, but it's still irrelevant. It's relevant to our discussion yesterday, especially about the question of whether we define uh, residence by where you eat or where you sleep. Okay, so they're sleeping in the yeshiva, but they're eating in the inn. So, they eat bread in the inn, but they come and sleep, baites to sleep, 
right? Beberav in the house of the rabbi, meaning in the yeshiva. Ki mashchinan lehu techuma mi beberav mashchinan lehu or mi bagam mashchinan lehu. So we want to determine where does their techum start? Does their techum begin? Is it measured from where they sleep at night, or is it measured from where the inn is? So obviously they're not right next to each other. There's some distance, right? Where do you measure it from? So he said, Amale mashchinan mi beirav. He said we should measure it from where they sleep at night, from the yeshiva. But the problem is, vaharei, and it's a good question. Vaharei notenet eruvo betoch alpaim ama veate ubayit bebetei de mashchinan le techuma me eruvei. But wait a second, that contradicts the whole idea of Eruvei Tchumin. Because the whole idea of Eruvei Tchumin is that you leave food. Right? right? And, and that's considered where you're staying. So I leave it out ni- 1,900 amot away from my, uh, uh, from my where, where I am. It gives me another 2,000 amot to that direction. And I do it with food, not with sleeping. So that like contradicts the whole institution of Eruvei Tchumin. It's done with food. So what's the answer? He says, Behahu anansadei you just have to look at the facts. Just have to look at the reality. Here we see. He says, you just have to look at the convenience factor. If the person who left an Eruvet Chumin to the West, let's say, we know what does that mean about the guy? He wants to travel to the West tomorrow. If you put a hotel right at the spot of his Eruvei Tchumin, he would want to stay there. He just doesn't have a place to stay, so he sleeps at home and then walks back there in the morning. Or whenever, right? But it, he's putting food there to create his Eruvei Tchumin because he's symbolically saying, I want to live here. If he could actually live there, since obviously he's traveling in that direction anyway the next day, he would love to have that if you put a nice hotel there and he could stay there. He just doesn't have it, so he comes home. So therefore, where do we measure his tichum from? Where he would most likely like to be if he had the ideal circumstances. He would like to be there. It just doesn't have the wherewithal to be there. Fine. With the students in the yeshiva, it's the opposite. Where would they like to be? In the yeshiva. They don't want to have to schlep to some other building in rain, snow, sleet, whatever, to, to, to go eat. They would rather have, if, the food was, if there was a lunch program in the yeshiva available in-house, they wouldn't want to leave. So the whole question is, they would say our main Dwelling is the yeshiva. If only halavai we had food in the yeshiva to eat, but we don't, we have to go out. So really the residence is in the yeshiva. The other guy says, I have to schlep all the way to the west tomorrow, you know, double walk. Uh, if only I had a place to stay comfortably out there where I left my Urvet Chumin, I would happily stay there because then I would have a head start on where I'm going tomorrow. So in both cases, the person is defining what, where the residence is. It's not so much about food versus sleeping as about what the person would ideally identify as their, as their dwelling. It's a very sharp answer, actually. So it says, Ba'i Ramim Bar Chama Me'av Chizda. Ramim Bar Chama Me'av Chizda. Ramim Bar Chama Me'av Chizda. Av Ubno, Arav Etal Bigdo, Ki Rabim Damo, Ki Chidim Damo. When we think about a father and a son, or the, uh, a, a, a rabbi and student, teacher and student, are they considered like multiple or like individuals? Meaning, are they like a group or are they like individuals? Now, what's the relevance of that? Um, so the question is like this. First of all, if they occupy one chatzir, do they require an eruv or not? Okay, now we've talked about this a little bit already. But do they require an eruv or not? Right? So we know that in general the rule is that if you have a, a mavoy, you have an alleyway between two 
uh, chatserot, the rule is that we have a leniency, that since that uh, mavoy is closed on three sides, it's only open on the fourth side. So we allow you just to put a sort of a symbolic something on the end of the mavoy, either a vertical piece or a horizontal piece called the Korah or a vertical piece called Lechi, and that's enough to allow you to carry in the mavoy. But that's a leniency that's only allowed in the case of a mavoy, which requires that there be two chatserot that open to a mavoy. And we had seen before, it has to be two chatserot with a minimum of two houses in each one. Right, so the question is for that halacha, if you're trying to determine, is this mavoy considered, are these chatserot that open, let's say one chatser has a father and a son, is that considered two batim? Is that considered two houses that open to this mavoy or not? Okay, that would be the question. Or if you had on either side a father and son uh, situation where they are the ones making up the two chatserot, would that really be considered two chatserot or not? Or are they really all considered one? So that's the question. So Amale, he said to him, Tinitua, we learned it already. Av ubno When they're in one chatzer, the father and the son, or the rabbi and the student, if there's no other residents of that of that chatzer, they're considered like in the, alone. They're not considered to be um, uh, public, so therefore they don't need eruv chatzerot. So they wouldn't need an eruv like we saw before, since they're all unified in terms of their eating. It's not just saying, oh, because he's my rabbi. It's mean, it means because they're, because they're eating, their, their food's coming from the same source, right? On the other hand, though, we do say that they're considered separate in terms of being allowed to take advantage of the rule of mavoy. So if you had like the students, some students here and some students in the other chatzer and the rabbis in one of them or whatever, they don't, we don't say, well, there's really one chatzer because, uh, because the rabbi and the students don't count as more than one. There we allow them to permit the mavoy. Rashi says that, uh, he says, uh, uh, right, so, so that's the, uh, so even though we're in a way, with regard to Eruv, we're relying on the idea that they are one entity, but with regard to, uh, with regard to the Mavoy, we're, we'll allow you to rely on the leniency. In a way, we're basically taking the two leniencies together, because we're saying that uh, when it comes to Eruv, we're going to say it's, they're one entity, but when it comes to uh, Mavoy, we're going to say they're more, they're more than one, and that allows you to use the Mavoy, the, the leniency of the Mavoy. So now the Mishnah says, We have a picture in our, I, I, I'm sure there's a picture of it in the book, um, I know that Rashi has a picture here, but the idea is you have five chatserot that are open to one another, meaning they each have a side door, and each of them opens to the same mavoy. Okay? So you can see, um, let me see if there's a picture in the back. I'm sure there is a colored picture in the back here. I know that Rashi gives a little diagram picture. Sometimes it's a little harder to <coughs> see what he means. Um, I, I give me, oh, here we go. Yeah, there's a nice color picture here. And it shows, there's, in other words, you can go from one chatzer to the next. Notice they have two houses in each chatzer because that's the halachically correct, right? You can go from each house to the ne- each chatzer to the next through the side door. Or you can go through the mavoy. Now, that's not normally the case. Normally, you have, ma- you have chatzerot that are closed and mavoy is in between them. So here we're talking about where chatzerot are adjacent to one another and they're open to one another. And they're also So there are two things that these chatzerot have to do. The first one is they have to have eruve chatzerot. And as we've learned before, they can actually not only make an Eruv Chatserot for each one of them, uh, but they, since they're open to one another, they can actually make an Eruv Chatserot that will incorporate all of them. 
right? They can do that, uh, but they have a separate requirement of mavoi. In other words, they have to do eruve chatzerot and they have to do shitufei mavoot. They have to, in order to allow them to carry in the chatzer, unify the individual chatzerot or all of them together. And then the mavoi, they need to become unified and partner in the mavoi to allow for the uh, for use of the mavoi on Shabbat. So it says like this, if they made eruve chatzerot but not the mavoi, mutarin b'chatzerot v'asurin b'mavoi. So they're not going to be allowed to use the mavoi even though they're allowed to walk around in the chatzerot. But if they made a shituf mavoot, if they did partner in the mavoi, it's good enough. Okay, so that would imply that it goes, so mavoi, that's like what we talked about a day or two ago, the question of whether mavoi uh, is all-encompassing and therefore would include even chatzerot, right? So this sounds to be like it's saying it is, right? So now it says, uh, so it says, mutarin kan vekan, they can carry both in the chatzerot and in the mavoi. Eruvu b'chatzerot v'eshtatvu mavoi, if they made an eruvu chatzerot and they made a, a shituf mavoot, so in other words, they did both of their obligations. They unified the inside of the courtyard and they also unified the, their partnership in the mavoi, so they're all allowed to now consider it as one domain. But one guy didn't participate in the eruvu chatzerot for whatever reason. Mutarin kan vekan, it doesn't affect them. So right, so so the question is going to be why? Why does it affect them? Right. So the so the assumption is that he didn't participate in anything, right? Yeah. So the assumption that's the assumption. The Gemara is going to talk about it. Right. So it says if so 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 right. Well, actually, it's two cases because first is the bnei one of the bnei chazer didn't do eruv, and then bnei mavoi velo nishtatev. In other words, if one of the members of the chazerot didn't participate, okay, that will not mess it up. But if one of the members of the Mavoy didn't participate, they can use the Chatserot, but not the Mavoy. Okay? <laughs> so that makes sense because, <coughs> because the point is that we said that Mavoy over encompasses everything. So if the guy participated in the Mavoy, but not in the, the Erov Chatserot, so then, then it's good enough. But if he didn't participate in the uh, the uh, mavuot, so then it, it, the the eruvei chatzerot might still be good, but the mavoi will not. Because the way that it works is that the chatzer is to the houses, or the mavoi is to the is to the chatzerot, like the chatzer is to the houses. In other words, what is shared among the houses is the chatzer. What is shared among the chatzerot is the mavoi. So if you look at it as two different levels, basically, whatever is a shared area. Those who share the area have to unite themselves in order to use it and make it a single domain instead of a instead of a multiple multiply owned domain. That's the idea. Now the Gemara is going to say this: Man, who is the author of this Mishnah? Rabbi Meiri. It must be Rabbi Meir Damar Ba'enan Eruv Because we said that the rabbis before we said, and that was how we ended uh, a couple of days ago. We saw the idea of uh, I think it was two days ago that Rabbi Meir is of the opinion that you have to do both Eruv Chatzerot and also Shituf Mavuot. And the rabbis had said you don't have to actually do both. You could just do the Shituf, and it's good enough. Right, that's what the Chachamim had said. Says you need both. So Ema Metziata. So if that's the case, what about the middle case here? So in other words, since this is Rabbi Meir that that both of them have to be done, right? So then the problem is, what about the middle? It says if they made a shituf mavoot, you're good in both. In other words, the problem that the Gemara is having is that if you're holding like the Chachamim, the Chachamim should say you don't even need, need to make an eruv chatzerot. Just make a shituf mavoot, and that's all you need. It's more all-encompassing because it means we're all united, not only as chatzerot, but also in the mavoi. So it's, it's even better. So what you don't need it. Rabbi Meir, and, and so Rabbi Meir, on the other hand, would say, no, you need both. So if you need both, that means if you don't participate in one of them, it should be, it should be ruining it. So why doesn't it ruin it? 
So it says, oh, that's because, uh, so how could it be that if you only were in the Shituf without the Erov Chatzerot, that you're okay? That wouldn't make sense. In other words, if you're going to be okay with just doing the Shituf and not the Erov Chatzerot, then you shouldn't need the Erov Chatzerot at all. That's the Chachamim. So it says, Atan Rabbanan, that's the Rabbi's view. That seems to go according to the Rabbi's. It say one is good enough. So it says, You know what we'll say? That that thing where it says, V'im nishtatfu, that if they united, it means if they did both. Meaning, if they did both, and then they're good. That's what it means. But what about the end? It says that if they made both, and one guy didn't do the they're still good. Now that wouldn't work according to Rabbi Meir because Rabbi Meir says you need both. Who says that if one guy doesn't participate in other words according to the Chachamim that the Shitufei Mavo'ot can override it's more encompassing. It's more all-encompassing. So it can override Erovei Chatzerot. Fine, it makes sense. But according to the view of Rabbi Meir that you need both, if either one is messed up because somebody didn't participate, then it shouldn't work. So it says, Hechidame, what's the case? If that guy who failed to participate in the Erovei Chatzerot did bitul rishut. He gave up his rights to the chaser. So amai. So so then it's then it shouldn't be an idelah. But if he didn't do it, amai mutarim. Why should the people be able to carry in the chaser? Elapshita debatil. Rather, we must say that this is Rabbi Meir's view. Yes, that you need both erove chaserot as well as shitufei mavod. But we're talking about a case where the guy who failed to participate in the Erovei Chatzerot must have done Bitul. That's why they're allowed to carry. Okay. But Ema Sefa, what about the end? So then, what about the end? It said if the guy participated in the, in the Chatzerot, but not in the Mavoy, so then nobody can use the Mavoy now. So why? We should assume it's talking about the same case, that the guy gave up his rights to the Mavoy. Am I in the Mavoy? Right, so why, why, why can't they use the Mavoy? In other words, you've got to be consistent here. If a guy being left out of one or the other process is a spoiler, then fine. That's Rabbi Meir's view. So then you're going to say, no, he's not a spoiler. He can do Bitul Rishut. Okay, so then why in both cases he should do Bitul Rishut and everything will be good? What's the problem? So he says, Maybe you'll say that Rabbi Meir says that Bitul Rishut works in a Chatzir, but it doesn't work in a Mavoy. And you could say you could you could see why that might be because it's less individually there's less of an individual right to the mavoy. The chatzer is like owned by the bnei chatzer, but the the mavoy you don't own it as an individual. You own your rights to it as a member of the collective. So maybe you can't do bitul rishut in that case. He says no. Kasav Rabbi Meir ain't bitul. He says that's he says no. Vahatani we learned in a brayta. Shehare bitel lechem rishutot. The brayta Rabbi Meir and a brayta where they're talking about shetufei mavoot. Rabbi Meir explicitly says the guy can give up his rights to the shetufei to to the mavoy. And that allows everyone to carry. So if we're talking about a case where the individual who didn't participate actually gave up his rights, then what's the problem here in the Mishnah? Why should there be a difference between the Chatzerot and the Mavoy? It makes no sense. We must say that we're talking about a case where the guy did not relinquish his rights. Okay, so now we're still, we still have a problem. Because in the case of Chatzerot, you're saying uh, that, it, that it's okay if he failed to participate. In the case of Shitufei Mavot, you're saying if he failed to participate, you can't use the Mavoy now. So why should that be? So we have to assume that we're talking about where the guy did not do bitul. Fine. So what are you going to do? So then what's going to happen is that the first part of the Brayta, the Mishnah rather, the first part of the Mishnah that said that you have to do both Erovei Chatzerot and Shitufei Mavo'ot is going like Rabbi Meir. The last part that says if the guy fails to participate in the Shitufei Mavo'ot and we're assuming he didn't do bitul Rishut when he found out that he didn't participate is also going like Rabbi Meir. But the middle part that says that if the guy 
I forgot to participate in Erovei Chatzerot, it's okay. That's the rabbis, because the rabbis say that the Shittufei Mavod is good enough to cover for both. So you're saying that we just threw random opinions together in the same Mishnah? The first opinion we go with Rabbi Meir. Second one, I'll take the rabbis. Third one, back to Rabbi Meir. It's very confusing. So it says, no. Kula Rabbi Meir hi. Vetama mai amar Rabbi Meir ba'inan Eruv ba'inan Shittuf. Remember, what was Rabbi Meir's real reason for saying you need Erovei Chatzerot and Shitufei Mavot? It wasn't because he actually thinks you need it. He actually agreed in theory that Shitufei Mavot is more all-encompassing and therefore should inc- be more inclusive. And you shouldn't need Erovei Chatzerot. So why then did he say you needed Erovei Chatzerot? So that the kids wouldn't forget, meaning that future generations wouldn't forget the idea of Erovei Chatzerot when they needed it. And therefore, Here, since the majority did participate, the fact that, they, in other words, according to Rabbi Meir, the essential thing here is really the Shitufei Mavu'ot. So if somebody didn't participate in that, they mess up the, the Shituf of the, the Mavu'i cannot be used. Right? But when it comes to the, uh, the in a, in a, if a person didn't participate in the Erovei Chatzerot, since really the Erovei Chatzerot is only also being done because it's superfluous, really. You don't really need it. It's being done just to make sure that people know that you need an Erovei Chatzerot. So if one guy bailed on the Erovei Chatzerot, as long as he was in the Shitufei Mavot, we're not going to make it a trouble for everyone else because the majority participated and nobody's going to forget it, the, the idea of Erovei Chatzerot because it was still done, even if it was done only 99% instead of 100%. Right? That's a, so that's what, that's what he's saying. So in the, if he didn't participate in the Shitufei Mavot, which is the main thing that will mess everything up, and, except for using the Chatzerot because he participated in the Erovei Chatzerot. And according to Rabbi Meir, you have to do both. But if he, didn't, if they, he participated in, Erovei, in the Shitufei Mavot for the alleyway, but he didn't participate in the Erovei Chatzorot. If it's just one guy, we let it go because we say that nobody's going to forget the institution now of Erovei Chatzorot. Now, Amar Rav Yudah, Amar Rav Yudah, Rav Yudah said, Rav, lo tani petuchot zolazo. V'chein Amar Rav Kana, Rav, lo tani petuchot zolazo. In our Mishnah, we had the case of a Chatzor that is open on the side and is also open to the Mavoi. Right? They're meaning these five chatzerot are next to each other and there's a door from one to the other. You could go straight from one to the other without ever st- setting foot in that mavoy, actually. Right? Or you could go through the mavoy. But Ra- Rav did not have that in his Mishnah. He didn't have that the chatzerot were open to each other. He had that there were five fully walled separate chatzerot open to the mavoy. Not that they were open to each other. Some say that Rav Kana's version of the Mishnah itself was not with that feature of the case. Now the question is, why was that important to exclude that feature of the case? Why did Rav not want to talk about Chatzerot that are open to each other? What's the reason why he didn't want to uh, have that in his Mishnah? Because he must hold that any kind of a um, any kind of a a shituf that doesn't require going in the mavoi doesn't count. In other words, if we can bring the, the whole idea of the shituf is to show that we are all partners, we are all one in our use of the mavoi. But if we have openings in between the chatzerot. So then, that means we don't even have to set foot in the mavoy in order to bring something from one to the other. So why would we... So the shitufei mavoot is only something that you have to go into... The, in other words, chatzer aleph has to go 
into the Mavoy and go to Chatzir Bet in order to deposit it, or Chatzir Bet has to go to Chatzir Gimbal to deposit it, or whatever. They have to go through the Mavoy to get to, the, to, to, get to each other. That's so, that shows that we're making a partnership in the Mavoy, but if I just take the partnership and I go from, uh, through the side door from Chatzir Aleph to Bet, so that I never even set foot in the Mavoy, so what shows that this has anything to do with the Mavoy? So that's the first answer, the preliminary answer that he gave it. Okay, uh, the, the, when, when Abaye asked Rav Yosef what the reason was, but Edibe raised an objection to that because we said that if the if one homeowner had a partnership with his two neighbors, one with wine and one with wine, like we talked about, if they have already a partnership with something, it's a chinarev, right? They, they don't have to make any eruv. Now wait a second, you just told me that you have to move the item to show that you're making a partnership in the mavoy or whatever, but if they just had a partnership that was pre-existing partnership, they didn't move anything. So, so that kind of goes against your theory, right? It must be talking about where they moved it from one to the other through the Mavoy to show that they were really making a partnership. Okay, so, but what about this? Another case, and it says Etive here in the parentheses, but it, it says that it should take it out. But right? it, it talks about making the partnership of the Mavoy uh, with the Mavoy, and Rashi brings the rest of it. It says you put a barrel and you are mizaked the barrel to everyone, like I mentioned the other day. You don't have to actually do anything. You take the barrel of wine in one of the chatzerot and you say, this barrel, I'm giving it to everybody in all the chatzerot. It belongs to all of us and it's our partnership and it doesn't have to move from there. So it says, again, so maybe again, it must also be talking about that he carried it through the mavoy also to show that it was a partnership in the mavoy. He does okay? doesn't give it to anybody else. He has to give it to somebody else. You can't do a kinyan with yourself. That mizakeh always means to somebody else. Always, right? Now, matkivla rabah bar if that's true, if the person said, I'm giving the bread in my basket to somebody else, it doesn't, it's not a shituf. But we always say that you can do that. Right? Maybe he'll tell me, no, you can't. What happens if a group uh, were eating together on Friday, and Shabbat started, they were eating to the last minute, and Shabbat started. And they forgot to make any erovei chatzerot. Hapat she'al shulchan, that bread, somchin alem shum erov. Ve'amrelam shum shituf. Some say even for shitufei mavuot they can rely on it. Some say for only for erovei chatzerot. And the difference would be, ve'amra rabba, lapligil, kambim subin babay, kambim subin chatzer. If they're in a house, they can use it for erovei chatzerot because that has to be in a house. If it's in a, if it's in the chatzer that they were having their picnic, it could be for shitufei mavuot, but it can't be for erovei chatzerot because erovei chatzerot has to be in the house. Fine. But the point is that they didn't do anything with the bread. Yeah. They didn't yeah. move it, yeah. right? So they, they, it stayed in the house in the case of the Erovei Chatzor, or was sitting in a Chatzor in the case of the Shitovei Vavot. So obviously they didn't move it anywhere. So it says, Rather the reasoning of, um, of, uh, of Rav was that the, um, was that a Mavoi can only be permitted with Lechi and Korah if houses and chatzerot open to it. In other words, the reason why Rav didn't want to say that our Mishnah was talking about where the chatzerot open on the side to each other is because he said that's basically saying it's all one chatzer. Because they're all open. There's an opening into each one. It's a five-section chatzer, but it's one chatzer. And then you wouldn't be able to have that mavoi called a mavoi. Because a mavoi is where there are two, a minimum of two chatzerot, each of which has a minimum of two houses, open to it, separately from each other. Okay, but here it's really one big chatzer, just with sections. 
Okay, and even if each section has its own entry to the mavoi, it's really only one chatzer. So that that mavoi would not be called a mavoi. It would really be called like a chatzer, basically, an extension of the chatzer. And you wouldn't be able to permit it with only lechi vikorah. You would have to cl- have a larger partition at the open end. Okay, so you see from that that, that Ra, the reason why Rav didn't want to, to take our Mishnah the way that it's written is because it would have a problem. It wouldn't fit with his theory of what's necessary to qualify as a Mavoy. We're going to see on the next Amud that there are other competing theories that don't agree with Rav that you have to have two Chatzirot and two, uh, two houses in each. But that was his theory and that's why he didn't want that. It's interesting here, I found very interesting just to point out that um, when it talked about, oh, that uh, when, it, when it said, oh, you could rely on the barrel for Shitufei uh, Mavoot. You could rely on the bread. And it said, oh, well, maybe it's talking about where he walked it through the Mavoy. So it's interesting. Uh, she says there that, uh, he says, uh, it's a very forced answer. And that's not going to be the conclusion. Very rarely does Rashi, in the middle of a, a conversation, the middle of a back, there's a lot of like, uh, forced answers that Gemara will give at first. You know, we'll give very uh, uh, answers that you, you can't take as, uh, that you know are not going to be the conclusion because they're just putting it out there for the sake of argument. And Rashi doesn't usually comment on that to let you know that this, uh, this, this response is not really, uh, it's not really a, a, a good answer. It's a forced answer. But here he goes out of his way to say it. It's interesting that, that he, he mentions it here.